AMVETS members volunteer millions of hours at VA health care facilities from coast to coast, helping to improve the lives of their fellow veterans through the VA Voluntary Services Program. AMVETS posts and departments also participate in a wide variety of community service projects, ranging from Americanism in our schools to supporting the Special Olympics and Boy Scouts of America. If you no longer wear the uniform today, you can still serve through the AMVETS by joining today at AMVETS.org. Many veterans in active duty military have invisible wounds like PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, and anxiety. Help Heal Veterans offers them medicine that doesn't come in a bottle by providing free therapeutic craft kits, time-tested healing tools for invisible wounds that can help relieve pain and improve mobility and fine motor skills. HealVets.org, healing the invisible wounds of war through creativity. HealVets.org, sponsored by Help Heal Veterans. For decades, our community has relied on AM radio to inform, entertain, and empower. From the gospel music you grew up with to the black voices and perspectives you depend on for your news, our station is proud to connect and serve our strong community. And when dangerous situations arise, AM radio plays a unique role in keeping our listeners safe. We can't afford to have our voice silenced. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress we need AM radio in cars. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Live from the Hoopy Insurance Services Studios, this is WKJG 1380 AM, 100.9 FM, The Fan, Fort Wayne, Indiana. This is a presentation of high school sports on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. The Hoopy Fieldhouse High School Coaches Show. Learn more about the Hoopy Fieldhouse. Now available to schedule practice times for your league or team at hoopyfieldhouse.com. Now here's your host, Justin Kenny. Good evening, everybody. Welcome into the High School Coaches Show presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse. We're talking week nine of the high school football season, final week of the regular season, final night coming up tomorrow night. Plenty to talk about, plenty to discuss over the next hour or so. Plenty of guests on the way. Coach Chad Zolman, Homestead Spartans, will join us here in just a couple seconds. Also, Brett Kunkel, head coach of the Bluffton Tigers, will join us. We'll talk to Dan Vance of OutsideTheHuddle.net around the bottom of the hour. Get his take on the sectional draw, what's on the line here in week nine and more. We'll wrap it up with... Coach Seth Wilcox of the DeKalb Barons, his team hosting Leo tomorrow night to wrap up the regular season. So much to get to. Let's kick it off. Right now, we'll go to the phone lines. Coach Chad Zolman, Homestead Spartans with us. Evening, Coach. Good evening. And Coach, I uh, haven't talked to you for a while and uh, wanted to get your take through eight weeks. There's been some good Homestead weeks, some not-so-good Homestead weeks. I'm still trying to figure out what kind of team you have. I'm hoping you have a better idea, but... With a young squad in so many positions, I'm sure this is, uh, this is I, I guess, you just kind of roll with the punches with what you get from one week to the next with so many young guys. Yeah, you know, and it's been, I think our, our battle's been consistency. When we, when we play well, we're pretty good. and when, when we're off, we're not very good. You know, it's so, uh, and I think we're headed, uh, we're trending the correct way. So I think uh, over the last few weeks, we've seen uh, better consistency and we're starting faster and, you know, all the things that are necessary as you roll into the playoffs here in, the next, in a couple of weeks. So we're, we're excited about where we're at, and I think we're getting better and better. As a head coach, when you see your team playing to its potential or, or so well, is it 
discouraging that they can't match that level all the time? Or is it encouraging knowing that they do have the ability to reach that net level or both? Well, it's encouraging. I, you know, I've seen uh, in, in practice specifically over the last couple of weeks just a, a better uh, understanding of how hard you have to play in this league and how hard you have to play every down, you know. And uh, I think uh, when, when a young group can finally figure that out, that's when you start to make some uh, some progress. And I think we've seen it. And, you know, we, we were young, but it, you can't really say that anymore. This is week eight, so... These guys have been battle-tested now for eight weeks, and so they should be playing pretty good. Somebody that's playing pretty well, especially last week, Brett Fox going for 355 yards, six touchdowns, program record. Uh, he broke the, the the program record in the first half against Concordia. He's been a guy that throughout this season you've been able to turn hand the ball off, and, and I'm sure that's a credit to him, but also that offensive front. So what can you say about this run game that's been able to propel you forward? Yeah, and that would tell you the same thing. Those guys up front are really doing a great job. I mean, technically, I, I was telling uh, some people tonight, you know, we're probably going to use them as clinic talks for our own team in the years to come, you know, just how well they're blocking assignment-wise and going hat for hat. And, and then when you watch a talented back um, able to use that offensive front, it's it's fun to watch. And so we get to see that every day in practice. And, then, and you know, there's no secret about – what we're going to try to do on Friday nights, we got to get bet the ball and uh, with that line, hopefully take control of that offensive line or the line of scrimmage. And uh, and when we do that, we've had some good success. So it's been it's been a lot of fun watching that group work. When you look at at Brett and his his play, what kind of running back is he? Because he seems to be equal parts a guy. He can run away from somebody. He can put his shoulder down. He just seems like a versatile f- player overall. Yeah, I mean. He's gifted uh, with his vision and his ability to, you know, he, he makes, you know, the great backs don't make hard, sharp cuts. It's slight cuts that just give, you know, bad angles everywhere, and, and he's able to do that. And so uh, part of it's his vision, and then he's just a, a he's got speed. And he, his burst is, uh, he can go from zero to full speed in a few strides, and, you know, that's a, that's another gift. And so, uh, and he's not huge, but he he runs and finishes his runs well with his shoulders down, like you said. And uh, he has gotten better and better. And, he, and he's versatile. We could put him out, and we have, and we do, put him out at slot. And he's a good route runner, and he catches the ball well. And so uh, he's he's one of those guys that uh, you could put just about anywhere, and he's going to be pretty successful for you. Coach Chad Zoman, Homestead Spartans, joining us here in the High School Coaches Show, presented by. Hoopy Fieldhouse, coach. When you when you hand the offense over to a sophomore quarterback, you expect some growing pains, but also the expectations that he's going to be able to command the offense and run it well. So, what has been the impressions of Michael White over eight weeks? Oh, he's been it's steady progress. You know, and he, uh, if you look at the beginning of the summer to where he's at now, he's looking at a different football player. You know, he's just he has a really good understanding now of the offense and. Uh, when he's throwing the ball, he's throwing it on time and in the right spot. Um, he's uh, pulling the ball down and not, you know, not forcing stuff and just things that uh, veteran quarterbacks, you know, they figure out. And and so uh, he's really uh, starting to grasp things well. They, those guys have to be the coach on the field. They have to know where everybody's going and doing and uh, you know, reading defenses. We require a lot of that position. So he's. He's, and it takes a long time to master it, you know, and so he, he's been under fire now for eight games, and 
he's done a great job. And so I think his, his progress has been uh, a lot of fun to watch. Wanted to ask you about one of your underclassmen defensively, Sam Stewart, who's your leading tackler. He's a, a guy that leads you in sacks as well. Just a versatile player that can move around different positions, and he's been really effective for you this season. Yeah, he's quietly having a tremendous year. I'm glad you brought him up. He's um, His stat line last game was just tremendous. He had four sacks and uh, some tackles for loss, a pass breakup before. So, you know, he just – it was unbelievable. So uh, he's one of the best athletes on the field. I mean, he is explosive. His velocity when he runs with, with power, and uh, he's one of those kids that you got to keep an eye on, or, he, or he'll wreck wreck your plans, you know, and he's he's been doing that for us all year. So he's, he's really, as a junior, kind of blossomed here, and he's, he's been a lot of fun to watch as well. You got the Bishop Lures Knights coming in tomorrow night, Coach, a big one for them, and you guys can play spoiler a little bit. And looking over the nights and what you guys have to prepare for, what's caught your eye? Well, they're balanced on offense. They they have a good running attack, and they throw the ball well, and they've got skill in the backfield on the edges, and they, they block. You know, they're sound blockers. So uh, I think on offense we have to be pretty sound defensively and make sure we're assignment sound. But uh, that's, that's the scary part. I think they can hurt you in a number of ways. And then on defense, I think – uh, again, well coached. They get after it. And they don't. They don't stay blocked, you know. And um, and, and they run to the ball in, in bunches. And that makes a great defense. And there's a reason they're, you know, six and two right now. So they look pretty good. Coach, before I let you go, a lot of the talk around town is is the division format in the SAC. And so many people looking at Bishop Lures. Do they deserve to be where they're at? Do they not considering they're not playing Snyder and Carroll? But in your opinion and how this has worked out for you guys, particularly being able to schedule out of conference the first two weeks, do you like this new format going forward? Yes. I mean, I think it's going to be beneficial to us and I think to everybody. And to have uh, the ability to schedule, you know, we, we want big schools, the 6A schools, so we can in Indy and maybe up north too. So we're going to continue to, look for those those things it just gives you a gauge i guess where you're at and it's not you know it's not perfect because everybody gets better throughout the season but it kind of shows you where you're at and how you're matching up and, and things like that so i think it's going to be very beneficial for us and yeah we plan on continuing to do it all right buddy i know you got a freshman game to watch i appreciate the time and good luck tomorrow night all right i appreciate it thanks for having me on all right buddy that was coach chad zolman of the homestead spartans joining us here this evening the Homestead Spartans in action tomorrow night against Bishop Lures at Homestead, and that will be the 1380 game of the week tomorrow night. It will be Brett Rump and myself on the call kickoff around 7 o'clock. It's interesting when you talk to coaches in the SAC about crowning a champion. And I know we just talked to one coach in Chad Zolman, but I feel pretty confident in saying this. A lot of the talk around town is about Bishop Lures not playing at least the top two teams in the SAC this year, Snyder and Carroll. They'll say it's not fair that Lures doesn't have to play those teams. And maybe it's not. But I, I can almost guarantee you that the majority of the coaches in the SAC will put the importance of those first two non-conference games above winning a victory bell. 
in terms of winning the SAC. The victory bell's nice. It sounds great. You get it for an entire season. If you don't share it, I get it. But you don't keep it. You get it for a year and then it's gone. It's not hardware like a sectional championship or regional or semi-state or state, okay? That is tangible championship hardware. If you ask all 10 coaches in the SAC, what would you rather want? Do you want to win the SAC or win a sectional? Most of them, if not all of them, are going to say a sectional championship. What prepares your team the best for the postseason, regardless of who wins the sectional championship? It's those first two weeks. And Coach Chad Zolman said it there. Carmel and Noblesville will take that schedule every year, the first two weeks. If it costs us a chance to win an SAC title, oh, well, that's better for our program. Go ask Kurt Tippmann if playing Warren Central and East Noble is more beneficial for his program than maybe winning the victory bell this year. Go ask Coach Dinan over at Carroll. Would you rather play, play Hamilton Southeastern and Warren Central to start your season and learn about your squad and how that's going to benefit you down the line, or do you want a bell? Those coaches are going to say, absolutely, we want those two things. So the victory bell and crowning a champion is a big deal for other people. It's a big deal for... The team, I get it. The players, you want to win the victory bell. But what would you rather win? What if you don't get the victory bell, but you win an, an, a postseason championship, a sectional championship, because those two games prepared you? And that's what I don't think a lot of people appreciate is they want to crown an SAC champion because it's a big deal around town. But you know what's a bigger deal? Postseason championships, sectional, regional, semi-state, getting down to the state championship. That is the most important aspect of the season. You can have your victory bell. Snyder's going to say, hey, if we don't win the piece of the victory bell tomorrow night, oh, well, we're going to go out with a sectional championship. Carroll. Oh, man, we didn't win the victory bell. That stinks. But you know what we are going to do? We're going to go win a 6A sectional title. That's where the focus is going to be. The bell is nice. Postseason hardware is better. We're going to take a break, come back. Coach Brett Kunkel of the Bluffton Tigers will join us when we come back. We'll talk about his team's Week 9 matchup at Lakeland, postseason possibilities for the Tigers, and more after the break. You're listening to the High School Coaches Show, presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Hey, Siri, take me to Cup A Joe Cafe. Which Cup of Joe Cafe? The one on Main This is how many people get to where they want to go. While driving, they may ask Siri or the manufacturer's app in their dash. While at home, they may ask their smart speaker or favorite app like Snapchat or Nextdoor. This is reality. Voice to navigate. Voice to find business hours. Voice to call. Don't miss out on the opportunity to always be there for them. You can control what apps, voice assistants, maps, and community platforms know about your business. If your info isn't accurate in these places, it's simple. You won't be found. Can you afford to make this mistake? Let FDS Local help. FDS Local offers the service that manages all of these in one place easily so you don't miss a beat or a customer. To receive a free report on how easily your business is found, text LOCAL to 46862. That's LOCAL to 46862 to request your free report today. 
Many of you are aware of Hoopy Insurance Service's loyalty and support for local sports and youth leagues. But did you realize the Hoopy commitment to sports includes a turfed indoor practice facility? Tucked away off Stellhorn Road between Maplecrest and Lehmeyer is the Hoopy Fieldhouse. A great facility for indoor practices when Mother Nature is having a bad day. With 6,500 square feet of artificial surface, it's perfect for baseball, softball, soccer, and football. For a team, a league, or even a small group, the Hoopy Fieldhouse is available at just $50 an hour. Pitching, fielding, hitting, and it's the ideal spot when you can't take a chance on the weather, like tryouts or pregame prep. Youth football, little leagues, youth soccer. The Hoopy Fieldhouse can be your indoor practice home. Join now at just $50 an hour and get your times booked before it's too late. The Hoopy Fieldhouse, owned and managed by Hoopy Insurance Services. Get info and book times at hoopyfieldhouse.com. That's Hoopy, H-U-P-E, Fieldhouse. Attention homeowners. Are you tired of paying too much on your energy bills? Over 90% of homes probably need more insulation. It's time you discover Koala Insulation, a premier insulation contractor serving over 200 cities. Koala's team can give you a free insulation evaluation, and there's no obligation. And then start saving money for years to come. It's one of the best home improvement return on investments you can make. So be sure to go online and book your appointment for a free insulation evaluation. This is the Hoopy Fieldhouse High School Coaches Show on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back, everybody. Thursday evening, week nine of the high school football season coming up tomorrow night where we will conclude the regular season tomorrow evening. We'll crown some conference champions and we'll get start getting excited about the postseason. Of course, that started last Sunday with the announcement of the sectional draw. We found out everybody's first round games. We'll see what happens tomorrow night on who can end the season on a good note. And we'll talk about that in relation to the Bluffton Tigers with Coach Brent Kunkel, who joins us right now. Evening, Coach. How are we doing, sir? Oh, we're living the dream here. I'm sure you're doing the same in Bluffton, Indiana. It's always 70 and sunny in Bluffton, Kenny, so we're, uh, we're, we are living the dream, that is for sure. Outstanding, and wanted to ask you, the last couple of weeks, you, you, you were riding high, you're 6-0, and you ranked number one in the state in Class 2A, but we knew the, the final three games of your regular season schedule were going to be challenging. What have you found out, maybe positive and negative, about your squad after playing Heritage and Adam Central the last two weeks? Well, you know, I'm glad you didn't introduce me as uh, as Indiana's most overhyped football coach. Like you referred <laughs> who, to me a couple of weeks ago with Coach Fox. Who would so, say that? That doesn't sound like me. It was probably Fox's <laughs> idea. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we, uh, you know, obviously we played Heritage on the road a couple of weeks ago. And, um, you know, and, and what I would say if I could go back and do something over, and, and I'm not taking any away, anything away from Coach Colquhoun and Heritage. I mean, they're a really, really good team. Uh, you know, they deserve to beat us that night for sure. Um, but, you know, the, the ranking came out, and Justin, if I would, like I said, if I could do something over, I probably wouldn't have mentioned it as much as I did. But I thought from, from where the Bluffton program has been, uh, you know, you look at our history, and I saw, you know, Bishop Lewers picked up their 500th career win, maybe it was last week or two weeks ago. I think the Tigers have to win about 200 in a row to get to 500. <laughs> um, so to think about where this program has been and then to kind of get that, you know, that number one next to our name. And, and I talked about it. I said, guys, it's a big deal. You know, I, I maybe put too much pressure on our guys. And I thought we came out against the Heritage, and we, we played up tight. And, again, to Heritage's credit, you know, Kobe Meyer, you know, might be the most valuable player 
in our league this year if, if we voted for that. And, you know, they made a couple plays. But we were down 21-7 at the half and the easy to roll over and quit. But we didn't. We fought back. You know, we tied the game at 21. And then, like I said, Kobe Meyer made a few plays down the stretch. And then last week against Adam Central, I mean, they are the class of our league. You know, they're one of the best programs in the entire state of Indiana. You know, back-to-back state runner-ups. And I fully expect them to make it to Lucas Oil again. And it's a, it's a 10 nothing game going into the fourth quarter. Um, you know, our kids came out and played really, really hard. We just, uh, you know, turned the ball over a few times, and you can't do that against a team like Adam Central. But I like my team's fight. I like the grit. I like kind of what we're made of. Uh, and I think we'll be hopefully playing better football here starting tomorrow against Lakeland and hopefully into the sectional. I was very impressed, Coach. I don't know if, if a lot of people took notice of your defense. You mentioned it down 7-0 at halftime, down 10-0 entering the, thir- entering the fourth quarter, held Adam Central to just 24 points, and people may scoff at that, but considering a team that was averaging almost double that for the season, it's impressive, especially with that defense and how it played in the second half, too, against Heritage. So do you find positives in that? despite back-to-back losses? Oh, 100%. And, and our defense has really carried us all year. Um, you know, my, my D coordinator, Coach Todd Morgan, you know, he's been with me for seven years. I've been doing this. And, you know, his staff, Tim Millspaw, you know, who's on our staff, who used to be the head coach at Jay County, and Bryce Bonowit, um, who's a really, really good young coach, you know, continuing to, to get better. Um, they've done a phenomenal job all year. I mean, you look coming into, really coming into the Heritage game, I think we had given up one or maybe two touchdowns to a varsity team, you know, going into week seven. So our defense has really carried us all year. They've done a tremendous job. Um, and it's a credit to, you know, my coach, you know, Coach Morgan, and then obviously our players who, who carry everything out. So uh, I think our defense can travel, you know, and I think to win in the playoffs and, and to win some of the games we're going to have to win starting, you know, tomorrow up at Lakeland. Um, you're going to have to ride on our defense because offense can be hit or miss sometimes, but our defense has been, I think, legit all, all year. And a good balance, I feel, with seniors on that defense and also some underclassmen, some sophomores uh, stepping up as well. Griffin Morgan has stood out uh, to me. Uh, Jake Boots has had uh, some big plays as well. It's a good balance of, of youth and experience. Yeah, I mean, we start 10 seniors on defense. Um, you know, we have 16, 16 seniors on our team, you know, 20 starters back from a team that won a sectional year ago. And uh, so having 10 seniors out there, there's really nothing they haven't seen. A lot of those guys are, are defensive backfield. Uh, three of them are three-year starters. You know, and the other kid is a two-year starter. So uh, to have that on the back end of your defense and then up front, you know, we have a we have an All-State player in Johnny Cruz who was uh, junior All-State last year on the defensive side of the football at our nose position. You know, he's a semi-state wrestler. Uh, he was a conference sectional champion in the shot put. I mean, he's a legit dude. So he can clog some things up for us um, and really opens up our linebackers to make plays. And like I said, you said Griffin Morgan as a sophomore stepping in and, and playing with those inside linebacker spots has done a tremendous job. But, you know, like I said, defense has really carried us all year, uh, and I fully expect them to keep doing that. Coach Brent Kunkel of the Bluffton Tigers joining us here on the Hoopy, in, excuse me, the Hoopy Fieldhouse High School Coaches Show. Coach wanted to ask you about uh, a couple running backs. You had Kamel Moore that has been out, a sophomore. He returned last week. And Cooper Craig, the freshman, was has been very good all season. How do you balance those two guys in the backfield, make sure they're both getting touches? Because they uh, Kamel t- proved what the, he can be last year, and Cooper's been really good as a freshman this year. Yeah, and and before I get to them, you know, credit goes to our kids up front. You know, we we bring we brought back all five offensive linemen, uh, and our and our number six kid. We run a lot of unbalanced stuff. We bring a sixth offensive lineman in. You know, like Michigan or Stanford when they bring as many linemen in as possible. So, our kids up front have done a great job. 
Um, you know, Kamel back last week, you know, it was a big shot in the arm for us. You know, he went down, you know, preseason and in our, in our inner squad scrimmage broke his collarbone and he's a kid coming in. You know, if I would have said what our offense was going to look like, he should have, he would have had over 200 and some odd carries at this point. Um, but didn't work out that way. He came in against AC and I thought ran really, really hard. Um, he's a difference maker. I mean, he, we, we talked about guys being a dude like Kamel Moore is, is a dude. So, uh, we're excited to have him back, but Cooper Craig coming in as a freshman. I mean, the kid has absolutely no fear. Um, you know, he to go from playing on Tuesday nights to then being a leading rusher on a on a two A football team that's ranked in the state. Um, you know, he's he's done a tremendous job. He works really hard. He doesn't say anything, and the, the, the upper class really accepted him uh, because he just goes out, works, and produces. So, in terms of balance, you know, just kind of one of those feel things. You know, I think trying to get Kamel like those, those uh, C legs back for lack of a better word. He's going to get a few carries here. There's we head to the playoffs, but you know, Cooper's a great um, second fiddle there. You know, he's going to come in and does different things. He's shifty. He has great vision. So we're excited to have them both and hopefully have them both for a long time here. Oft ignored aspect of the, of the game outside of, 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 of running a football program as the special teams. How important this time of year now heading into the playoffs too are those special teams? You guys have been very good on punt returns with Andrew Hunt and AJ Streveler, but how, how much are you putting in now? As as look, guys, we our season can end or continue based on a couple plays and special teams. Yeah, and and we rep those every week. You know, we spend you know five ten minutes on every special team. You know, between Tuesday and Wednesdays, and they're they're extremely important. We go back to the Heritage game. Uh, we gave up a punt return for a touchdown. You know, right there, instead of you know. We, we turned the ball over, you know, we had to punt it's seven, nothing, you know, and they take it back. Now it's 14, nothing final score in the game is, you know, 27, 21. I mean, special teams are a huge, huge part of the game. We, we try to take pride in those and I think we have some dynamic return guys back there, but it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you let up for a second and, and that can be a difference in a football game. So yeah, all three phases we got to get sharper at, uh, you know, offense getting shut out last week. Hopefully we can come out next year, but better tomorrow. Like I said, our defense has carried us, but I think we've been fairly decent on special teams. You know, a couple plays here or there, uh, notwithstanding. Talking defense carries it. You'll you'll face a dynamic offense tomorrow at Lakeland. What have you seen? What you guys need to be ready for? Yeah, Coach O'Shea. He's done a really good job uh, building the program. Um, you know, he's he's led by a couple of very very dynamic sophomore football players. Uh, I, I'm terrible with names. I just know numbers. <laughs> but their their quarterback, you know, is a sophomore. He's 6'4", and the kid can sling it. So, you know, they're calling for an inch and a half of rain and 20-mile-an-hour wind, so we can bring that on tomorrow. It would be great. Uh, they have a sophomore tailback, number four, who is electric. I mean, that kid gets the edge. He can really turn it over. Uh, he's got a great, you know, gait to him and everything. He runs really, really well. So it's always a challenge to travel up there. I mean, it's an hour and 45-ish uh, minute bus ride for us to get up there. It's a 7.30 kick. It's week nine. We've already had the sectional draw. You know, there's all kind of things. Um, that play into tomorrow night. But, yeah, Coach O'Shea's done a great job. They're very, very dynamic. So it's going to be a good challenge for us for sure as we head into Alexandria Week 10. Yeah, talking about a couple sophomores, Braden Holbrook and Sean Conley up there in Lakeland. Coach, before we let you go, and it, it's always difficult to to construct a program to get up to the top, and it's even more difficult to stay there. And you look at what you've done over the last several years, seven wins, seven wins, eight wins, uh, eight wins, and then you, you've won six games this year. How hard is it? Is it harder to climb that mountain or to stay atop that mountain? So Coach Colquitt and I talked about this one Sunday. I think we were both, 
you know, I think we were five and zero or four and zero, whatever it was, and it was like, man, it was a lot easier when we coached together and we weren't very good. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, it is, it is way harder that you put. And that's again going back to that heritage game. I think our guys felt some pressure to to live up to their ranking, but um, you know, it's it's been a, it's been a challenge here at Bluffton. But I feel like we've got a community who's bought in. We've got administration who's bought in. We've got kids who are bought in. I mean, our our middle school team, seventh and eighth grade, both went undefeated. You know, they just wrapped up their seasons on Tuesday night. Our JV team went six and two. We had three peewee teams. We got sixty some odd kids playing football in grades five and six. So um, it's taken a while to get to this point, and I feel like we we've got a really good window of kids coming. Uh, it's an exciting time to be here at Bluffton. You know, as long as the most overrated head coach in Northeast <laughs> Indiana doesn't screw them up. Um, but it, it, it's you know it's it, the challenge of, of getting there is fun, uh, but. You know, now that people, you know, coming off the sectional last year um, and, you know, the start that we had to this year and the ranking and all that kind of stuff, you know, we definitely have a bullseye now. And But, you know, Bluffton's playing in games in week eight that means something. And 10, 12, you know, 15 years ago, that wasn't the case. So uh, we're excited about where we are, but we also know there's another level we got to get to to be a team that's mentioned favorably with Adams Central and South Adams and Heritage and a Bishop Lures and an Eastbrook. So, uh, we're continuing to keep building, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're excited about where we're at for sure. We don't need to stroke that ego of Grant Mosier anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mention Columbia City, though. <laughs> that shot two weeks ago. All right, buddy. Hey, I appreciate the time. Good luck tomorrow night. It'll be a, a long trip, but uh, it'll be a good one up in Lakeland, and we'll see if you guys can get a dub, man. Good luck. Uh, all right, man. Appreciate you. All right, buddy. That was Coach Brent Kunkel of the Bluffton Tigers, his team 6-2 and two this year so far. Yeah. It, it's 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 fun to climb that mountain, but it can be even more difficult when you're up on that mountain and the expectations are there. And, and I mentioned Grant Mosier and talking about South Adams and, and week three when his team goes to Bluffton and just gets rolled 41-6. And it's a big deal around Burn. Like, what's going wrong? What's wrong with expectation that people have for South Adams? That's where Grant Mosier has taken this program to where – what are you doing losing to Bluffton? What are you doing losing to Heritage? What's wrong? Well, the South Adams Starfires are five and three. They're still a pretty good football team. But that's where the expectation has grown to. And that's what Coach Kunkel is now starting to deal with at Bluffton. What are you doing losing to Heritage? As number one, right? That's where the expectation is now at in Bluffton. So with success becomes raised expectations. And we're seeing that now in Bluffton. And that's a testament. That's a credit to the kids and the coaches, especially for building a program to where the expectations are higher. We're going to take a break. Come back. Dan Vance of OutsideTheHuddle.net will join us after the break. We'll break down week nine and also some sectional draws. And also talk to Coach Seth Wilcox of the DeKalb Barons before we wrap up a week nine edition of the High School Coaches Show Presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse. We'll be right back here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Many of you are aware of Hoopy Insurance Services' loyalty and support for local sports and youth leagues. But did you realize the Hoopy commitment to sports includes a turfed indoor practice facility? Tucked away off Stellhorn Road between Maplecrest and Lehmeyer is the Hoopy Fieldhouse. A great facility for indoor practices when Mother Nature is having a bad day. With 6,500 square feet of artificial surface, it's perfect for baseball, softball, soccer, and football. For a team, a league, or even a small 
Small Group. The Hoopy Fieldhouse is available at just $50 an hour. Pitching, fielding, hitting, and it's the ideal spot when you can't take a chance on the weather, like tryouts or pregame prep. Youth football, little leagues, youth soccer. The Hoopy Fieldhouse can be your indoor practice home. Join now at just $50 an hour and get your times booked before it's too late. The Hoopy Fieldhouse, owned and managed by Hoopy Insurance Services. Get info and book times at hoopyfieldhouse.com. That's hoopy, H-U-P-E, fieldhouse.com. Everyone's heard the saying that when one door closes, another one opens. Well, if it's time to get rid of those old, ugly shower doors, then let City Glass Specialty open the door of endless possibilities to help beautify your bathroom. We can custom cut and install all types of framed or frameless shower doors. Choose from a variety of styles, including clear, obscure, or frosted. Plus, we also offer custom etch designs. Want your shower doors looking new for even longer? Does preventing hard water stains and reduced cleaning time sound good? If so, you'll be glad to know that the experts at City Glass Specialty can also provide a protective coating for your shower doors that does all that and more. For new shower doors, call the specialists. Call City Glass Specialty at 260-744-3301 or visit cityglassspecialty.com. You are listening to the Hoopy Fieldhouse High School Coaches Show on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. I tell you, we could use some California weather tomorrow. It's going to be cool. It's going to be breezy. It's going to be rainy. It's going to be a sloppy mess for week nine, by all indications, in terms of the weather. So prepare yourselves accordingly if you're going out to a game, especially if you're going out to the Bishop Lewers Homestead game. That will be the 1380 game of the week with Brett Rump and myself on the call tomorrow around 7 o'clock kickoff. We'll see if Bishop Lewers can wrap up the SAC championship outright, or it will share with either Snyder or Carroll or both. We'll find out tomorrow night. Let's talk about that and plenty more with our next guest, Dan Vance of OutsideTheHuddle.net. Evening, Dance. Dan. Hey, Justin. How's it going? Called you Dance. Um, <laughs> well, I talked about this with, with Coach Zolman at the top of the hour, and I asked him about would you, in terms of the format in the SAC, would you rather have the two games? And he said, yeah, absolutely. And you coached in the SAC, coached at Northside. I'm going to ask you this because so many people – are, are, are crying foul about the SAC and who gets the bell and Bluers doesn't deserve it. As a coach, wouldn't you focus and, and didn't you focus more on the postseason? I mean, the conference championship is nice and all, but what gets you ready most for the playoffs? Isn't that more important? Yeah, I think it absolutely is. I mean, in, in the grand scheme of things, uh, there's good bragging rights to win the SAC, right? The victory bell is a, an important thing to the conference, but state title or a state run is significantly a more important uh, piece. Even getting that sectional title, getting that trophy shaped like Indiana, it, it has a different connotation than a, than a regular season title. So to me, yeah, you're, you're always sharpening for that postseason. I just feel like, you know, having that sectional win, you, 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 the last thing you're thinking about is, Oh, if we finish second in the SAC, I just, and I think a lot of the co- coaches in the SAC would, would say the same thing. Yeah. Uh, Dan, when we look at the SAC and we we talked about the scenarios at the jump, when we look at tomorrow and you look at that Homestead and Bishop Lewers game and how these teams match up, 
Do you look at Homestead having the advantage, or is it Bishop Lures with five straight wins coming in as the team to beat? Well, I think that comes down to if you believe how much you believe that Lures has improved since those two losses uh, the start of the season. If they're that team uh, that lost East Noble big, lost New Haven big, yeah, then Homestead's definitely the favorite. But has Lures really improved when your your wins are not over teams with winning records? Uh, so it's kind of hard to gauge lures in a lot of ways. Yes, they're really good, but are they just good against mid-level teams? Or are they good against an upper echelon opponent like we would consider Homestead to be even at 4-4? Four four? Yeah, I, I'm not taking anything away from Bishop Lures. I'm not. But half of their wins in the SAC are against teams with one or zero wins. Northrop, Concordia, Southside. Uh, you play who you play. The schedule is what it is. I'm just saying is three of their six wins in the SAC are against those three teams but when you look at it Dan with you look at Homestead does it come down to the legs of Brett Fox can he run roughshod over the the uh, Lures Knights like he did um, against most teams this year but most recently Concordia yeah I mean you your game plan this week has to be Lures right how to stop that run game uh, they made a very loud statement be it against a not very good Concordia defense but they still made a loud statement on the ground last week so the focus has to be there. Can Lures stop that? Uh, arguably the best running back in the area right now, if not through the entire season. So uh, it, I think if you're Homestead, you you do that again. You go back to the well and see if it keeps working or if Lures has really done enough to prepare for uh, what they saw in film against Concordia. Dan, another game in the SAC. I don't think a lot of people are talking about Wayne and Snyder tomorrow night. Wayne Continues to fly a little bit under the radar. We, we've, we've talked so much about their offense, but their defense, Dan, allowing just under 16 points a game. Uh, they held Carroll to 17 points in that loss earlier this year. The only team that really tore them up was Homestead in week three. I'm not saying Wayne can go in and beat Snyder tomorrow, but I think that's a game to watch as Wayne preps for DeWanger a week later. So what do you think about the Generals heading into tomorrow night at five and three? Yeah, I agree. Their defense has been uh, incredibly underrated. Uh, Kamar Nelson, right, is, I mean, the breakout player in the area this year. He's gone from, uh, you know, play, played a, a role to he is Mr. Everything on offense for Wayne. will run for a big game. We'll come out here, get 9, 10, 11 tackles and two sacks and an interception, and he just does everything. I think the important thing for Wayne is not just if they could beat Snyder. Obviously, that would be huge for them, but you look at the growth at Wayne and you look at what they've been able to do. I think it makes you excited about the future. If you look at the trajectory of Wayne football it went down for a couple of years and Sherwood Haydock has pretty quickly uh, put it back on the, the incline again, which I think is really impressive. Yeah. Kamar Nelson, Kamar Nelson, it leads them in rushing, but he leads them in tackles. He leads them in tackles for loss. He leads the generals in sacks. He's been very good on both sides of the football for the Wayne generals. Dan, the any eight, We've seen uh, six weeks of the NE8. We have one to go tomorrow night. Who's the best team in that conference right now? Have we seen enough to decide that finally? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, I, uh, initially I want to go Leo uh, because you can say it was a one-point loss to New Haven. So, you know, that extra point in overtime goes a different way. Maybe they don't lose that game. They did beat East Noble. But then I look at what I saw from East Noble last week and just a, a systematic pick-apart where, you know, a Leo and a New Haven don't only rely on big plays, but they rely on big playmakers uh, versus 
East Noble, who just systematically picked New Haven apart. That game looks so much closer and a final score just because of two late New Haven touchdowns. So, you know, I, I want to say Leo, but then I want to say East Noble, but then I want to go back to is, if New Haven is completely healthy, everybody's healthy, everybody's in the lineup, are they the best team? Um, and, you know, they, they can't say that they lost with everybody in the lineup, even though, you know, you and I have both talked about it. That wasn't the reason. Mylon Graham's absence was not the reason New Haven lost that game. Still an argument to be made in the best team. Uh, but luckily, sectionals kind of tease that up. Yeah, we've talked so much about Adam Central and the ACAC for good reason. Wanted to ask you about a couple other teams in terms of looking at the postseason and Heritage, for example, a one-loss team that will be seeking its first sectional championship in over a decade. You look at Bluffton trying to make it back-to-back championships. They'll have to, on the off the jump, play at Alexandria, a one-loss team. Also have to deal with Eastbrook potentially as well but when you look at that league and you say adam central yeah the favorite in their sectional 44 could heritage and bluffton also challenge for sectional titles could we have multiple acac teams win sectionals like we did last year you know i think that both of them are in the conversation i personally think the road's a lot easier for heritage um you know you look at it opening around two it's a two in woodland program that's in a bit of we'll call it turmoil currently uh a semifinal against likely Garrett, uh, you know, Belmont has a one, but then the top half of the bracket isn't loaded either. Delta's a solid team, um, but I don't know if they're a team on Heritage's level. So I think that that's a little bit easier of a trip than in two-way for, for Bluffton. Uh, you know, Alexandria at 7-1, Eastbrook's at 6-2, and two, and then you're looking at Eastern uh, Greentown, which is actually a really solid team, probably underrated in that sectional. So you're looking at kind of three opponents, I think, on Bluffton's level. I think they're really, they really are a contender, but I think you know, you have to win three tough games to win it, whereas Heritage, I think, only has one, uh, maybe a second hurdle on their way. Dan, the sectional draw was was held last Sunday, and as always, there's winners in the draw and there's losers in the draw. Let's start with the teams, or a team at least, that benefited from how the ping-pong balls bounced in the area. Is there any teams that stand out to you? Um, you know, I really think that Leo wins uh, that that sectional uh, is a gauntlet there in sectional 19 and 4A. And so I think Leo wins. Not only do you get the probably the worst team in the sectional in the opening round, New Haven and East Noble have to cannibalize each other. Bishop Dwinger and Wayne have to cannibalize each other. So, you know, you're not playing uh, a hard game every week, whereas everybody else is going to have to play three hard games to get that title. Leo kind of gets a a little, you know, luck of the draw in the first round getting Southside and then having to watch East Noble and New Haven beat up on each other to get the chance to play Leo, uh, I think they definitely benefit the most of anybody I've seen in the area. In terms of the losers, I mean, is it is it New Haven? Is it is it Bluffton? Uh, you look at South Adams drawing Adam Central right off the jump. Who kind of stands out there? Um, you know, I go back to Bluffton. I don't want to call them a loser because, again, I think that there's – you know, I, I would consider Bluffton the favorite in that sectional. I'm not saying that's going to be hard, but they just those three hard games in a row uh, against tough opponents, against opponents that you're not going to have a lot of uh, like foes, so it's harder to compare yourself to. Uh, so I think Bluffton, if you have to call them a loser, um, you know, but that was going to be a tough one anyway with how many good teams there are in that. So it was going to be hard to have a good draw in their sectional. 
Coming back to the SAC real quick, Dan, when we look at the chances of a team out of the city making a run to a state championship appearance, we look at Adam Central as that premier team in the area that has the best chances. But if you had to pick a team in the SAC, could could Carroll repeat? Do you look at Snyder's road in 5A as manageable? Do you look at Bishop Lewers' role road in 2A? Is there a team in particular that people should watch out for in the SAC to potentially get down to Indianapolis? You know, if I had my, uh, you know, preference, I would think it would be Snyder and Lures. Um, I think Snyder's got an easier chance in 5A than, than Carroll does in 6A this year. Uh, it helps for Snyder that you basically get to walk to a sectional uh, title uh, in ways, you know, not a tough first-round game, and then you go straight to the championship game. I think they have an easier road uh, in the north uh, than Carroll does this year in 6A. And, and then, yeah, I think that there's a chance for Lures. Uh, I think the Lures East Side game uh, that we expect to get in round two is really intriguing because Lures could be really good, or maybe they're not on that level. Has East Side improved that much? You know, they've kind of been underrated this year at six and two because we're expecting them to have eight or nine wins this week of the season. So uh, I, I think that Lures has a chance if they can get by East Side in that sectional. Um, dominant team in the 5A North that you look at and say, well, Snyder's done when they run into that team. So you have Valpo, uh, you have Merrillville up there. You also have Mishawaka that could be a regional opponent, but nobody kind of jumps out as definitely saying that that's a, that's a team that's going to end Snyder's season. But I'm sure those teams are also looking at the North saying the exact same thing. So, uh, Dan, we appreciate it, buddy. Thanks a lot for the insight. We'll talk to you next week. Right, thanks, man. That was Dan Vance of OutsideTheHuddle.net joining us here on the show. We're going to take a break. Final break of the evening. We'll come back and talk to Coach Seth Wilcox of the DeKalb Barons after this. You're listening to the High School Coaches Show presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Do you know what makes you so special? Your unique, your personality, style, and your likes and dislikes. That's why Blade Man's Knife Shop is your knife shop. You need a knife as unique as you are, and Blade Man's has a huge in-stock inventory to connect you with a knife that will seem like it was custom-made just for you. Hi, this is Mark, the owner of Blade Man's Knife Shop, and I'd like to personally invite you out to the store to see the area's best selection of quality knives. We have Benchmade, Spyderco, Microtech, Protec, Hogue, Zero Tolerance, Medford Knife and Tool, ADV Tactical, Tour Knives, and many more. We also have a great selection of custom knives. Prefer to shop online? Check out our great selection on BladeMansKnifeShot.com. We pride ourselves on fast shipping. So check us out on BladeMansKnifeShot.com or stop by the store in the shops of Scout Road and have a cup of coffee on me. Be in the know and follow BladeMans on Facebook and Instagram today. And BladeMans offers a 10% discount for police and military. Check out the collection of Shun Knives, the finest in kitchen cutlery, plus get in-store services including blade sharpening. BladeMans Knife Shop on Illinois Road in the shops of Scott Road. Many of you are aware of Hoopy Insurance Services' loyalty and support for local sports and youth leagues. But did you realize the Hoopy commitment to sports includes a turfed indoor practice facility? Tucked away off Stellhorn Road between Maplecrest and Lehmeyer is the Hoopy Fieldhouse. A great facility for indoor practices when Mother Nature is having a bad day. With 6,500 square feet of artificial surface, it's perfect for baseball, softball, soccer, and football. For a team, a league, or even a small group, the Hoopy Fieldhouse 
Fieldhouse is available at just $50 an hour. Pitching, fielding, hitting, and it's the ideal spot when you can't take a chance on the weather, like tryouts or pregame prep. Youth football, little leagues, youth soccer. The Hoopy Fieldhouse can be your indoor practice home. Join now at just $50 an hour and get your times booked before it's too late. The Hoopy Fieldhouse, owned and managed by Hoopy Insurance Services. Get info and book times at hoopyfieldhouse.com. That's Hoopy, H-U-P-E, fieldhouse.com. Are you ready to pack with power and precision? Packer Jack, your local packaging experts. From stretch wrap to banding, tapes to corner boards, and edge protection and PPE, we've got it all to ensure your shipments arrive safe and sound. We offer stretch wrap machines and battery-operated banners for ultimate efficiency and convenience. At Packer Jack, we take pride in delivering top-notch quality and exceptional service. Visit us today or online at PackerJack.com and experience the difference with the trusted packaging partner right here in the Tri-State area. Wrap it up with Packer Jack, PackerJack.com. Welcome back to the Hoopy Fieldhouse High School Coaches Show on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back, everybody, to the High School Coaches Show. I'm Justin Penny here for a little longer. We'll make way for National Fox Sports Radio for a little bit, and then we will have the pregame show for Thursday Night Football start around 7.30, Denver and Kansas City tonight. You can listen to that game on the radio here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Again, 7.30 pregame and an 8.15 kickoff in Kansas City. Pro football tonight, high school football tomorrow, week nine of the football season coming up and a big one up in DeKalb County. It'll be the Barons hosting the Leo Lions. Head coach of DeKalb is Seth Wilcox. Joins us right now. Evening, coach. Good evening. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, our pleasure, Coach, and congratulations riding a three-game winning streak over the last three weeks. And take us through those three weeks. What has been working for the Barons? Uh, you know, we've, uh, we've we've developed. We've gotten a little better. Uh, as the season's gone each and every week uh, on defense, uh, the offense is gelling together uh, with the leadership of Lytle on that offensive line. Um, Hinkle's running the ball really well. Receivers are, are making plays when we need to make plays. And... Uh, uh, yeah, it's been fun getting uh, getting a little bit of momentum behind us. It's a, a a mix of young and old for you offensively. You have Aiden Lytle as a senior. Uh, you have Caden Pettis as a senior, but you also have, you mentioned Caden Hinkle. That's uh, approaching 1,000 yards rushing for you. Xavier Bell has been a breakout receiver for you as well. So a nice mix of skill position guys, and I'm sure a nice mix up front as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, really, I mean, it, in order to make an offense work, you got to have a good offensive line. And uh, so we've got uh, three seniors up front, two juniors up front, um, and they've really started to mesh together well. When you look at this conference, Coach, and we kind of look at the top and, we, and then we look at the bottom, it's like DeKalb's kind of in the middle. I mean, you guys are kind of on a tier all by yourself, but you guys have competed well against New Haven on the road, um, and then you've been able to, to ring off three straight wins. So how do you feel like this conference has treated you guys through the first six weeks of the league schedule? Yeah, I mean, we, uh, we start off going right through the meat grinder of the conference with New Haven, uh, <clears throat> New Haven, East Noble, Columbia City in the first three weeks of conference. Um, and uh, we, we felt like uh, we grew a lot through those three weeks. We, di we didn't pick up any wins through those. Um, we learned a lot about ourselves and what we needed to fix. 
and uh, we were able to apply those, that to those next three games for sure. Um, but the conference conference is loaded with talent this year. Um, when you look at New Haven, East Noble, uh, Columbia City, Leo, uh, th- there's just talent all over the place. And even, Coach, you guys took on Belmont last week, and the first thing when I talk to coaches about Belmont is just how big they are in the trenches and play really well downhill. So you can't even take a team like Belmont for granted. No, no, there's no there's no off week. Uh, you you got to make sure you're prepared and you're mentally engaged each and every week um, because every team has, has uh, talent um, that, that you got to prepare for. Coach Seth Wilcox, DeKal Barons, joining us here on the High School Coaches Show presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse. Coach wanted to ask you about that defense, and it's a young defense. I know Graham Blythe has been around for, for a while. It's still just a junior. Um, Nick Lay has been very good for you, also a junior, but also Brady Culler as a sophomore has stepped up for you as well. So I'm sure as this season has gone on, do you find that defense as young as it is, at least on the back end you got Lytle and Pettis, but as young as it is in that front seven, uh, growing as the season progresses? Yeah, and we, we started the year with a new scheme this year. Uh, we went from a 4-2-5 to a, a 3-3, so it, it took a little bit of time with some actual game reps to uh, kind of understand and work out some of the kinks and personnel and um, some of the things like that. So I feel like that defense has gotten a lot better, uh, especially for through those first three games of the conference when you're putting it up against some some really good, talented teams. Uh, we learned a lot that we were able to apply then to um, kind of the mixes that you see with uh, Huntington North spread all over the place. Um, Norwell, uh, Norwell, which uh, is is a very good team. They're they're I preached all all week that week that, that we couldn't look at their record. Um, we had to prepare well for that team, and then Belmont, where they have two tights and two wings um it, it, we were able to learn a lot and and apply that to a lot of different scenarios and it uh, our guys picked it up well coach when you when you think about and make a scheme change like that is it more um based on personnel is it more based on what you're going to face in the conference what goes into that decision well a little bit of everything uh, in the high school game you, you don't get to pick your players to fit the scheme there are sometimes that uh, you have to change the scheme a little bit to fit the players that you have. Um, but then also we wanted to find a defense that, that not only fit us, that was probably the most important thing we were looking at, but uh, a defense that um, you can be multiple and, and change very easily uh, from week to week. Uh, we found in the past few years we were kind of trying to put in wholesale changes for, for different teams that we've played where um, this 3-3 allows us to – uh, just kind of tweak it week to week instead of um, trying to install something new for certain teams. I imagine the versatility you have with some of those outside backers that can come to the edge as well. Maybe yeah, three, three. yeah we've, got, we've got a really good linebacking core, and then uh, Nick Lay up front, like you said, uh, he, he makes a lot of things right for us. Brady Kohler kind of playing a free safety type role also um, cleans up a lot of messes for us too. Coach Seth Wilcox joining us here on the High School Coaches Show. All right, Coach, you get Leo coming in, and uh, I, I guess there's no better team to play in the league right now other than maybe East Noble than Leo in terms of knowing where you're at. So what are the challenges that the Lions will present and what you guys need to be ready for? And their their defense is stout. Uh, their their box uh, is a, a tough box to run against. Um, you got Brock Schott in there um, and, and just a very talented linebacking core. 
we're we're gonna <clears throat> we're gonna really test our offensive line going into sectional play with a with a great test this weekend with Leo. And then when you turn around and look at their offense, um, Caden Hurst has added a ton to that offense, and then you still have to try to figure out how to defend shot, and they run the ball really well. So um, there's a lot of different things that you got to look at, and a lot of things you got to stop because. Uh, they're a well-coached team, and they, they do a lot of things really well. Coach, how much heading into Week 9 and knowing your Week 10 opponent, do you start maybe scheming or working on things that you know is going to translate to Week 10, or are you treating Week 9 as its own completely separate entity? You know, uh, with it being senior night and all that, that stuff that goes with that, um, we actually – have the seniors over at our house right now. My wife cooked a delicious dinner for them, and so they're hanging out playing basketball and stuff. Oh, um, we'll head over. Making a whole bunch of noise in the background. But uh, <laughs> uh, with senior night, you, you don't want to skip over that. You don't want to skip over a conference opponent uh, looking at week 10 too early. So at the beginning of the week, we kind of went over what the draw was, um, uh, what we have to do. <clears throat> looked briefly at Angola. I mean, it's a team that we played earlier in the season. So we have a decent idea, um, at least who they are. Uh, but then we, we put that away, put it on the back burner, and uh, we, we've, we've got to play Leo before we go to Angola. So, When you find out that draw, is your initial thought going, all right, we've seen Angola, uh, this is good, or crap, we, we already saw Angola once and it's tough to beat a team twice and you have to go to Angola and they just got their first win. What's that initial reaction when you see a team you've played already this year? Well, I mean, with, with our sectional, there's really not a lot of options that, of teams that we haven't played. So uh, um, I think uh, we we enjoy that rivalry with Angola. So our guys are pretty excited to get to go play Angola again. But, um, you know, a couple years ago, uh, I think it was back in 2020, they, they blew us out of the water week one, and then we turned around in the first week of sectional and beat them. So, um it is hard to beat a team twice. Uh, you, you have a better idea of what they're doing later in the season. They have a better idea of what we're doing later in the season. So uh, we're, we're not going to rest on what happened in week one and uh, just go in assuming that's going to happen in week 10 as well. All right, Coach, we'll let you get back to your seniors. What's on the menu tonight? What's been cooked up? Oh, my wife made some uh, enchiladas and rice and Oof. chips and salsa and cookies. So I, I don't know if there's a whole lot left. These guys <laughs> came in and cleaned house pretty well. I'm sure. All right, Coach. Hey, appreciate the time. Thanks a lot. Good luck tomorrow night. Awesome. Thank you. That was Coach Seth Wilcox of the DeKalb Barons, his team, 5-3 and three through eight weeks this season and have won three straight games, consecutive dubs over Huntington North, Norwell, and Belmont also started the season 2-0 and with wins over Angola and Garrett. Angola is a much better team than their 1-7 record indicates. We know what Garrett can do because they knocked off um, Lakeland in week four, and that was a team that DeKalb was able to go on the road and beat 42-13. to And I know that Garrett team is a young team, and it's developed as the season has progressed, but that's a good win when you look back at the course of the season and look at that victory for DeKalb as uh, one that stands out definitely so thanks a lot to coach wilcox for joining us that's gonna wrap it up here on the coaches show tonight it was a full one thanks a lot to chad zolman head coach homestead spartans for joining us also brett kunkel head man somehow at bluffton the tigers dan vance of outside the huddle.net and of course seth wilcox of the decal barons coming up tomorrow night 
full night of high school football here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Kick it off with the Sports Rush with Brett Rump, followed by the Parkview Sports Medicine High School Football Tailgate pregame show at 6 o'clock. And then after that, the 1380 Game of the Week between the Bishop Lewis Knights and the Homestead Spartans. Brett Rump and myself will bring you all the action from Homestead High School tomorrow night. And, of course, we'll wrap it up with the postgame show, Pizza Hut, going till 11 o'clock. Everybody, enjoy your Thursday night. This has been the High School Coaches Show presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse, 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. The Fan's newest hour of local sports talk is now every weekday at 3 p.m. Tune in to Indiana Sports Beat, exclusively in Fort Wayne. Jim Boyle leads. Podcasts by Federated Media.